Vegetable beans. All right, we are rolling already, so. You got your coffee? Yep, got I it. got my water? Yep. And with that, we don't know the show number. <laughs> do you? We do it 24. 24? Yeah. Okay. All right, good. We were 23. We were only two weeks ago, so we should know it, but I never know off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me see how good I could do at an intro here. Welcome to Ohio WrestleCast number 24. I am Mark Thomas. This is Jared, Jared Griffiths, a.k.a. Wilbur Whitlock. How's everybody doing out there in the internet world? Hopefully, great. We got a hell of a fucking show this go around. Hopefully, it sounds better. Hopefully, it looks better. I worked out the kinks from last week, but I still thought it was it was pretty good. It was a good listen. Uh, covered a lot of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty excited for this week because this one, you're going to take the reins a little more so than normal. This is something a little more up, uh, up your alley. Kind of, just for like the first part of the show or a little segment or whatever i put a little thing together for people but i know you had a couple things you wanted to talk you got about a full page of notes it's not a little thing I'm, I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty excited to get into it so uh but yeah we'll get some i guess we'll start off with the bad news first we'll get it out of the way um if you've followed our podcast or if you know me at all in real life you'll know that without hesitation if you ask me who my favorite tag team of all time was it's the midnight express it's just there's no there's no other option. No, no, um, no. That. And Bobby Eaton, of course, passed away last Wednesday. Uh, I believe at the age of sixty two, which is rough. Um, and if anybody wants to learn more about Bobby Eaton, um, before I go into some of my stories, uh, Jim Cornette released his Jim Cornette Experience podcast, and it's only about two hours long. Um, and it's it's an amazing listen. The first part's even tough to get into. He's he's in tears at to start the episode. Oh wow! Um, but they mentioned on there that it, yeah, and it's been pretty well known that Bobby Eaton's had some uh, some health issues in the last like especially the last five years. They said he actually had to have like a pacemaker installed. Um, his wife passed away from breast cancer about a month ago. Oh shit! And you know, so and I guess he took a turn. It was about a week ago where he had to go to the hospital and his kids were moving back home to try to help him with the transition. And then uh, Cornette himself mentioned they spoke to him on the Saturday prior to Wednesday and they and he sounded great. They had a great conversation. Um, and this is something just turned for the worst kind of out of nowhere. And wow. So so Cornette talked to him that. But recently and wow. they were actually talking some plans to hopefully get, you know, uh, the Midnight Express together again for fan conventions and things like that. Uh, Which was pretty sudden then. It was pretty sudden. And uh, so Bobby Eaton is, and I mentioned that I wrote a nice little write-up on Facebook about him. Like, as I'm a kid in, you know, the early 90s growing up, and we're right, right, out, of, right out of, like, the Hulkamania, but still, like, even then, like, the WF is so bright and colorful. And, and Bobby Eaton was just kind of this dude that looked like a Southern wrestler. And so, yeah. you know, I seen him in my book as with the Midnight Express. And like, and I knew who Jim Cornette was at that point. Cause you know, he's starting to get a lot of heat on WF TV, but who the Midnight's were, I, I never really knew. And then like, he was part of the blue bloods with Steven Regal and WCW, but even, you know, always positioned lower mid card, you know, sort of guy. So it wasn't until I really got into the business and I, I want to study as much as I can. And, Again, also the Midnight Express looked pretty cool. So went back and watched them. Even at eighteen, nineteen, I'm like, holy shit, these guys are great. And holy shit, Bobby Eaton is so good. If you go and watch just the way that he bumps and the way that he sells and the way, like, 
and then he was doing high risk offense at a time nobody else did. He did a top rope knee drop almost every night. Oh wow! Uh, his finish was the Alabama Jam, a top rope leg drop, like it at a, at a time when you really no jumping up top early eighties. Yeah, well, that's back when a time when like a, a second rope jump was something. It you was don't, something. You don't often see that anymore. Here are the athletes, you know. So it wasn't he was. Uh, I guess maybe ahead of his time, even in that regard too, but um, just an incredible worker. And um, by all accounts was even even better guy. He's the one guy that would, I mean, not one soul will ever have a bad word to say about him. And he's never, Cornette said he never said a bad word about anybody, even in private. Like he just easiest, nicest uh, guy to get along with. And I only, and this is a kind of a funny story. I only had the pleasure of meeting him once. We were actually on a show in Georgia where he teamed with Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express to take uh-huh. on the Steiner Brothers. This is 2011. So it's kind of cool. Half of the Rock and Roll, half of the Midnight versus the Steiners. Yeah, like, yeah. hell yeah. Um, so he, our locker room, there's the entrance. And there's only one, like, kind of side door out. There's the only two ways out. There's the entrance or this little side door. Yeah. And I was finished my match, and I, I really had to pee. And Bobby was leaning through the door, like, kind of halfway out, and he was watching Chris Hamrick's match from ECW. I think he was wrestling Jebediah. Uh-huh. Um, so he's kind of like watching, you know, some... I don't want to, you know, be like, excuse me, Bobby Eaton, I got him away, I got to pay, you know, so I kind of wait patiently, and he's kind of <laughs> said, he's like, oh, do you need through here, brother? And I said, I do, but, you know, hey, man, like, and I, I'd already introduced myself as the, the wrestlers, like, hey, you know, Jared, nice to meet you, but. You have, like, professional. Uh, so, I said, we did all that already, but I said, yeah, but if you got a second, man, I, you know, I said, I just want to tell you, you know, the Midnight Express are, without a doubt, my favorite tag team, like, no, you know, no question, and you revolutionized tag team wrestling, and I'm just a huge fan of your work. And he was like, well, thank you so much, man. That's all. And he started to tell how much he still loves doing these independent shows. He's like, and I love talking to the young guys. It really, you know, it keeps me going to hear you guys talk about it. You know, my generation and what it means to you. And we're talking, I mean, probably a full, like, two, three minutes. And, like, in both kind of actually peeking out watching the match a little. Yeah. And... At that point, I've really had to go. So I was like, Bobby, it's so great talking to you, man. Like, I really got to use the bathroom. It's like, well, let me get out of your way, brother. I don't want you to pee yourself. Like, yeah. So he goes, and I went to the bathroom and, uh, you know, just said goodbye at the end of the night. Um, but it was one of those things, man. It was really cool. Like, you could tell he was he was more than willing to make time for it if you wanted to talk to him. Hell yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I've met other guys like that, too. But Bobby just seemed genuinely really happy being in a locker room. Yeah. Really happy to have the roar of the crowd. It was a good crowd for an indie show. It was probably six, seven hundred fans, you know. Yeah. But obviously way lower than what he's performed in yeah. in the height of his career, but he was still just having a great time. And uh so yeah, I wanted to take a few minutes and uh, and again if anybody um isn't familiar with Bobby or the Midnight Express, highly, highly recommend. Uh, I think it's a great American bash, 1990, uh, Midnight Express versus the Southern Boys. And uh, the first Clash of the Champions from 1988, there's a Fantastics versus Midnight Express match where it's kind of like a Wild Pier 6 brawl. This is 1988, so definitely kind of before the time. Yeah. Um, both matches really, really fun, and, and you can enjoy the midnight express and their whole shtick and um and bobby in particular and i think if you like those you, you could take the time to probably find a lot more no uh like i've been watching 1986 jim crocker promotions just the television show week by week where it's mostly enhancement matches but but Cornette is just hilarious <laughs> and he's so he always is, so man. obnoxious and bobby like 
like they, I actually took a video and showed the clip where Bobby goes out on the floor, hits a swinging neck breaker on the job guy on the floor, just concrete floor, goes over to Tony Schiavone to try to get a high five, and he wouldn't do it, so he lifted Tony's hand and made him give him a <laughs> high five. And I'm like, yeah. that's fucking great, like, like yeah. you know. So there's there's more charisma to him than I think a lot of people know. So check those two matches out at the very least, and uh, I hope you enjoy because I know I did and. Bobby Eaton's gone way too soon, man. No, no, I agree, sir. I agree, and I'm sure those are great recommendations. Uh, they, I mean, I believe wholeheartedly in the easiest matches to get into of theirs. But um, so, yeah, I wanted to kind of get that out of the way. And I mean, not to talk about a great like that being out of the way, but because uh, that's really the only bad news we got. Everything else, man, has been really, really cool. Uh, it's going well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we got. Um, I wrestled. Uh, in Beach City, Ohio, on July thirty uh, first, it was a two event show, and this is a really cool show, man. So there was a metery at the at the bottom of the hill, and I it, I call it a compound, and it sounds bad, but like it really is. It's kind of off like the beaten path, uh, going into you know Beach City, where we went into the metery and it was twenty dollars, and the twenty dollars got you admission for both shows, and they were selling the mead there, which uh, our friend John Thomas was there, oh, okay. and he had some of the mead. Nice. And I tried it; it was fantastic. It's called McAlpine Meadery, so there's a plug for it because it was I've, very, very I've good. Heard of it? And they had some of their merchandise on sale, but they had live bands within the meadery, and I didn't go in and see them, but you could tell they were all like kind of metal acts. Yeah. these dudes are kind of like you know hippies but and and they're just having a good old time and they had a Uh tent down there where they were it smelled amazing and uh i didn't eat but i was i was like what do you guys got going on down here like oh man we got some uh beef ribs we got some smoked turkey legs some mac and cheese some greens some beans i'm like fuck yeah like this is so this is awesome um We had some friends. Uh, some friends came out to the show, and they uh, we kind of just tailgated by the car, drank a couple of cold ones, and you know, just kind of had like a party, and then two wrestling shows in between. So, oh yeah, dude. And the first show, I defeated that dastardly Sean Blaze, and I won the uh, Power Slam Pro Wrestling Ohio Heavyweight Championship in the main event. Nice. Uh, it was called Meet and Bleed. Now some pictures I'll share. The we took it to the uh, we took it literal there. There was some bloodshed in that match. I was, had a busted up head for a little while, but oh. no pain, no gain. Uh, and then the main <laughs> event of show number two, I teamed up with uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Spotlight Marcus Knight, and we teamed up with Wildfire Tommy Rich, and we won a six man tag bout. Oh, yeah. uh, so you know, successful ha- ha- hell of a time, successful <laughs> night. Uh, got to chum it up with Tommy Rich for a while, man. Talking some territory stories, like you, know, you could tell again, like these guys when they got on the shows, man. They're excited to have guys actually want to talk shop with them. No, I believe it. I mean, this why takes them back. This is why me and you are doing this podcast now. We have a common interest and we like to talk about it. Yeah. And so when you get, you know, a guy, which I'm not young, but I'm from a completely different generation than he is, just I want to talk territory wrestling. Like, I didn't grow up on that. I went back and watched it. But, like, man, there's some really cool stuff from Georgia no. and the Tennessee territories. And no, I believe it. Tommy had a blast talking about, you know, that sort of stuff with us. So it was... It was cool. Really, really fun night, uh, for sure. Very successful night for Power Slam Pro Wrestling. And uh, the the entertainment group is called, I think it's Savage MMG. I'm almost positive. And they uh, actually hooked up the production on the show with a sweet entrance. And they you oh, know, nice. they coordinated the lights and stuff with like the colors of what we were wearing. I mean, they were 
Wow. They were on top of it. They did a, an amazing job. They, so they film it or anything? I, I, it was filmed, and I'm not sure when it's going to air yet. I, I've seen some bootlegs of some of the matches, but okay. I know they have they have a production team that are probably putting it together. So when Sweet. it airs, we'll uh, definitely share the link on, you, on our YouTube Oh, yeah, page. maybe we should watch it, do a reaction or something. I would love to. I had a blast. It was a great show. Yeah. Uh, that leads me to... Last piece of business, uh, Stranglehold. We actually released the front row tickets today. There you go. Uh, there's only 50 available, and uh, that was about four hours ago. There's not 50 available more now. Oh, I'm shit. guessing there's about 20 or so. Um, they're going. So if this drops and there's still some available, get on it yeah. fast. Get them uh, while you can. Get them while you can. But we're really excited about it. Uh, got some more confirmations. Some people that were kind of on the fence, we got some confirmations. So we're good able to really complete the card we're 100 percent on it now and we also have some surprises in store um yeah man i'm excited everything's going very very smoothly in that regard so nice where so, where where uh where can they get them how can they get hold of them? right now so i uh just get on me on facebook hit send me with a direct message or text me if you know me personally but direct message on facebook uh i have a paypal account set up just for the show okay. so he's at if you need to use my personal venmo or if you want to meet up uh the weekends are usually free for me so i can make time to meet up uh meet up to sell the tickets physically and again probably about 20 left that are uh, unclaimed at this point so gotcha. any info you want to we got uh the event page post pinned on our ohio wrestlecast, Facebook wrestlecast page. page yeah so all your information will be there we're releasing matches once a week some uh really cool entrance in our battle royal um you know it, it, it's coming along great and the anticipation's high and, and i'm excited man it's, I'm, re I'm ready to get there for the 25th because i've been working my ass off oh i don't doubt that a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get started uh, yeah uh we're gonna do something a little different this time i don't know how well it's gonna go don't know if we'll do everything i've written down here but we're it's a little different we're we're gonna go through i made a list of movies that feature pro wrestlers. I was going to try to find movies that starred pro wrestlers. Yeah. But there weren't that many. Uh, so I just, that they're either starring them or featuring them. Some of them aren't, aren't really that big of appearances, but like I said, it, this might go a lot quicker than it, I imagined. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. It, it, we got some interesting stuff to talk about. So what inspired you? Cause you messaged me saying that you had a really good idea. And I was like, yeah, hit me. And you told me about it. I'm like, no, I do like that. So uh, what, what it was is uh, I, w I was talking to a buddy at work about the movie. They live with Roddy Piper mm -hmm. and how I think he would like it because it's real esoteric and mm -hmm. like has a good message and shit. And then I just immediately thought of it and I was like, wow, that's like, we should, go through the movies that uh, starred pro wrestlers and then recast them with current WWE wrestlers or as people that are, they're currently active wrestlers. I would right. Guess. Right. And um, it's a cool concept. And I, I, I shot it your way and I'm like, yeah, I figured it's something different. Well, you know and, I mean? and I like, and you know me, I like, I like the history of stuff. So I kind of like to, you know, like, and we can even we talk about, they live as a launching point because, I think Piper. What you know? What year that came out was like eighty eight. Oh shit! It was it was eighties. I know that. I'll, I'll look it up. Um, yeah, look it up because I know Piper was pretty was a was a pretty active competitor up to WrestleMania three. He wrestled Adrian Adonis WrestleMania three. This was supposed to be his retirement match. Piper oh. should have been done in eighty seven, according to you know, between him and Terry Funk and their retirement matches. Yeah. But I was pretty sure that he was getting the leading man roles in Hollywood. What Rosie? Because I, I don't know of any other movie. I can't think of another movie he was in other than They Live. I don't believe any of them 
had great uh, success. Or he was like he was probably like a smaller role or whatever. Well, see, I think he was leading man roles in in some action movies that you know he was trying to get the career off the ground. Okay, they live was 88, 88. So yeah, in eighty seven he left. I think they was going to film that movie. So, um, and then we talked before that, like Hulk Hogan was as you know Thunderlips and Rocky. That was before. So there, yeah. there was a you know there's some wrestlers were in movies before. Uh, the Freebirds were in uh, Highlander. <laughs> Of course, it was, it was at a wrestling match. The yeah. original Highlander? The original Highlander, yeah. Wow, they, uh, okay. they open at the wrestling show. Oh, yeah. So they're not really acting. It's just they're, they're at a wrestling event. To yeah, that, that that's kind of like a like an honorable mention. Like yeah. another honorable mention would be uh, Ken Shamrock, The Rock, and the Hardy Boys on that 70s show. That 70s show. show. Yeah, where they're playing wrestlers. But yeah. still, The, the Rock, Rock was basically playing his dad. Playing his dad. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Um, and so the Hardy yeah. Boys were just the, the two guys wrestling yeah, in the just ring bumped in around. the background. Yeah. So yeah, they live. I mean, and, yeah, we're just doing the straight on memory, but I'm thinking it was probably the first one for a leading man role from wrestling. Really? I, and that's again just that, straight that, memory. Did that predate like Hogan? Yeah, Hogan No Holds Barred was uh, 89, 90. Okay. And again, we mentioned he was Thunderlips, so that was obviously it's just a yeah, yeah. role playing a wrestler. Yeah. So Suburban Commando, which so, I think was early 90s. Yeah, that was after No Holds Barred. So. You know, what's interesting is you, you if you start with Roddy Piper and you say as a Hollywood executive and, you know, you Stallone, Schwarzenegger, you know, oh, you got tons of action heroes available. Yeah. But to say, like, we're going to try to find a new one and you go to the pro wrestling world. Yeah. What do you why do you think they would look at Piper? I and mean, Piper is a great character. He has yeah. tons of charisma. So it's just kind of one of those interesting things. What would you think? Well, why? Why do you? Why do you think they chose Piper? They for that? chose Piper, or maybe even went to pro wrestling in well, general. I know. I know. It's. I'm, I might be wrong, but uh, I think it's a John Carpenter movie. Okay. Which was. Uh, I don't know how well known he was at the time, but he's well known now for yeah. like Halloween and like a lot of stuff. But I think Halloween was probably before that. So the he's thing, probably... maybe, too, or no, maybe. No, yeah, that sounds right. I might be. Like I said, I'm not. I don't. I don't know. I like John Carpenter, but I don't like follow him a lot. But. Uh, so maybe maybe he was a wrestling fan, and he maybe because and he wrote it with him in mind. Possibility perhaps. to have to not be a big buff like action hero, but to be more of an everyman yeah, kind of a smart just, ass character as he was. Because even in wrestling, he wasn't really your like no. giant Adonis, not at all, motherfucker. He was like. He was kind of your normal dude. Like yeah. he'd probably be like your neighbor's dad or some shit yeah. or something like who's uh, from Scotland. <laughs> and, and playing the villain, he was, he was the guy that you just wanted to smack, you know, yeah. like he was, he was good at it. Uh, so it was interesting with Piper taking on the lead role. So now if you want to play the hypothetical game of who do you think would be a good Roddy Piper. Yes, if they made if they made a remake of these movies. Yeah, obviously you wouldn't would want to play exactly now? the way Piper did. You want to put their own spin on it, but who would be good in that role now? You go ahead. Well, when I when I originally pitched it to you, I said, for example, they live with Roddy Piper, but in the remake, and I just threw one off the top of my head. I said Chris Jericho. Right. Um, and I don't know how old uh piper was in 88 oh he's much younger than jericho is yeah he he was at least like late 20s or 30s i would think and uh so jericho might be a little aged out on that one but jericho is like a decent actor he's been in a few and i think jericho can play up the campiness like when it's when it's a little bit campy yeah 
it's like, okay, well, Jericho's in on the joke too. And it's, you know, kind of fun. I mean, that's Fozzy as a band, which I guess they yeah. have evolved into more of a legitimate rock band, but still like kind of in on his own joke sort of deal. Yeah. Yeah. You'd hope they'd play into that a little bit. Walter, relax. I tell you. I don't know if Walter agrees with that. <laughs> um, but I did have another interesting idea when I was writing all this shit down. I was like, nowadays, in 2021 America, they'd probably gender swap it. And who better than Ronda Rousey? Oh, yeah. As Ra- the would, whole Rowdy connection. I mean, it makes perfect and sense. She's believable as a badass. Like, if they went to WWE and was like, hey, we're making, we're remaking They Live. Uh, who who do you suggest? And I'd be like, well, I could see that. Well, why not Ronda? You know what I mean? She's, she's, she's Rowdy Ronda Rousey. That's a pretty good Vince impression. Well, you do have the Rowdy parallel, but when you think to kind of play off of the cool, the coolness of Piperhead, I thought more Becky Lynch right away. Uh, Becky actually, Lynch could perfect, would dress up, would could be the badass, but then also, you know, have those one liners sort of ready. How did how was she not my first choice? I immediately did the connection. You did with the Rowdy Ronda. connection. That's, that's my movie lover in me going yeah. with it. But, now uh, Rhonda's dabbled in acting too. I know she was in the one of the Expendables briefly, and I think she's done some other acting. Right, yeah, roles. R- yeah, Rhonda's kind of. Which I, I you, think like people, somebody like The Rock or something would be too obvious. Sure. Well, I think if we're doing this, I think it's you eliminate because I think we can talk about Rock and John Ooh. Cena, you know, accordingly now. But I think you eliminate those two from these conversations as the hypothetical remakes because you, you say sure because now they're leading man actors. It, yeah. It's not not quite as fun where you would think that they're they're not even yeah, and it wouldn't really count too because they're they're not really wrestlers. They're movie stars now, like right. him and like John Cena and shit. Uh, guy that I think would be great in that role only because. I know how big of a fan he is of comics and in the horror genre and everything like that. Like CM Punk, I think would actually CM Punk as right another one I didn't think about. Yeah, um, and he's kind of a city kid well. too. And that yeah. whole movie took place in the city. If you don't know, that movie was about like like uh, consumerism and stuff. Like he put on these sunglasses and he could see the world for what it really was. So like if he looked at a billboard and it said like drink vodka or this vodka or whatever, when he put on the sunglasses, it would just say consume. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or drink. If you looked at a, a hot babe on a thing, it would just say sex, you know? Like that, just for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, because it's kind of an older movie. But uh, yeah, so CM Punk would probably fit I right into fit that right role. fit right in that role, yeah, pretty well. Um, so what, what else you got next? Um, classic one, again, like I said, he's not a main part, but uh, Macho Man is Bonesaw McGraw in Spider-Man, which is a classic cameo. Doesn't get much better than that. No, I think it's the best cameo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really do. Like his the one liners he has while beating up Spider Man were, were great. Yeah. I don't I'm gonna say almost out of tribute to the Macho Man, I wouldn't want if they if they shot that scene again for a, a Spider Man remake, yeah. I wouldn't want it to be Bonesaw McGraw. Uh, you know, I would I would want it to be. You would want it to be a different character. different character because it's the Macho because it's the Macho Man and yeah, nobody's the Macho that. Man. That's right. So like they'd have to make it a different wrestling character. It's the but... same story as you want to tell. I mean, you can use any bruiser to be you know like a Braun Strowman could just be the bruising type, but I wouldn't I... want it to be Bonesaw with the one liners that the Macho Man. The had. only way I would be okay with them doing Bonesaw McGraw again is if they got Jay Lethal to do it <laughs> as Macho Man. <laughs> that that would make it perfect. Yeah. That, that would not perfect, but it, it would be like, okay, 
All right, I can't. I can't. We, you not would, be okay you would with smile that. the whole time at it because yeah. you'd be like, "I know what you're doing," and, <laughs> and it would be like a perfect tribute to Macho Man. It would. Uh, I had heard that Macho had actually he had signed off on Jay Lethal doing the Black Machismo. Did he? Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. All right. Well, then so he, there's nothing wrong with that at all. It, and you know, well, I think we nailed it. <laughs> kind of interesting because how serious the Macho Man took everything, but I don't think yeah. he. I don't think he looked at it as a negative parody. You know, it was more of a tribute and like. Yes, they were having fun with it because the Macho Man was a, such a fun character. Yeah. So have fun with it. And it was a, it was an homage. Yeah, and it was a well done homage for That's sure. The thing it wasn't, absolutely it wasn't. You know, it was played for laughs, but they were intended to be laughs, and it wasn't played but to embarrass or anything like that. They they were happy laughs. Yeah, they were nostalgic laughs. Exactly. Uh, like Song G, where he was, yeah, what was it was so cal, so cal now, where he you got lust in your eyes, Song G, like they played it up the whole time. I didn't, I didn't see all of it, but I saw a good portion of that shit, dude. It was, it was classic. Like he had, even had, I don't know who the chick was with him, but he even did the Miss Elizabeth shit. It was with the so cal now, so cal now. Oh, is that what yeah, it was? So okay. cal now, which I, I mean, I don't know if they used her for much at all, but they just plugged her right into that role and just. I just remember him. She would it. move around the ring. And he would get out of the ring, leave, take her back to the corner and tell him to stay here. <laughs> just like Macho Man would have. So That's great stuff, man. Yeah. yeah I, so there you go. If I they, think we nailed it there. If with they do it at all, it would be Jay Lethal. If not, yeah. Yeah, just change change it up, make it somebody different. Rocky Three is a good one that you have here. Yeah. Now, I think everybody would remember, of course, that role of Thunderlips. Yeah. Now, the thing is, that movie, like before that came out, Hulk wasn't in the WWF at that point. He was... He had done some shots for like Vince Senior in the early early eighties, but he was kind of with Vern Gagne. Yeah, that movie putting him to which he was going to be a star anyways. He was huge in the AWA. Like was he, was, he Hulk Hogan at this point? He was. Or was he, he was. He was Hulk Hogan with AWA. But it wasn't like this wasn't in 1986 where he's already WF champion. And everybody knows him. It was before, so he wasn't even locked into WWF. Vince seeing that and seeing. It's Rocky movies. There was nothing bigger at the time, mm. and this yeah, guy, this, this guy with a featured role in it, that was like I have to have him, and that was Hulkamania. Was I imagine born. that was a role that was written for Hulk Hogan? I know that him and Stallone are good friends, and I don't know if it was they became friends during that movie or if they were friends before. But I know that they're currently good friends. Rocky two. That was that was Mr. T. No, Clubber Lang? No, Rocky Three was Clubber Lang as well. Thunderlips oh, was just yeah, early yeah. in the he, movie. They did Hogan the charity. Was the lead up to Clubber. Yeah, they, yeah, did yeah. The, they did kind of like a charity fight. And uh, yeah, Hulk called him the ultimate meatball and chucked him out to the crowd. And it was, <laughs> the yeah. Ultimate meatball. Yeah. And then, Such a Hogan thing to say. Yeah. Uh, so so he was kind of just like a. And when it's not a cameo, because he played, of course, Thunderlips and not Hulk Hogan, but he was playing a prototypical pro wrestler in that movie. Yeah. Um, so that really launched Hulk to stardom. Um, going back to what we were saying, so who could replace Hulk? And it would have to be, uh, I mean, it would be a bit of a big time role, even though it was just a featured spot. I mean, it would have to be, uh, the way I would think about this one is it would have to be the current version of Hulk Hogan, which to me would probably be like John Cena, it's the closest thing out. Because I mean, who do you have other than that? Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, but they're portraying as a heel. Because at the end of that, uh, at the Thunderlips battle, they still shook hands and took a picture for charity. Yeah, I wouldn't even want to do that to Roman Reigns right now. No, and, so maybe Drew McIntyre. And I, I just can't see Roman as that. Right, Drew McIntyre, I think could do it. Drew McIntyre, he has a cool it, accent. He, he looks seems like mean, a villain, and you know, so he can beat the tar out of him, but then still, you know, 
hey, play nice at the end. Yeah. You know, you kind of put on that smile where you're like, all right, he's not such a bad guy. I mean, I mean, Braun just looks scary. Yeah. Braun would be an obvious choice, I would think. Yeah. Strowman, if anybody, I'm not, maybe somebody doesn't know who I'm talking about. So, yeah, you'd want it to be a big bruiser type, I figure. <laughs> yeah. All that he was as compared to Stallone. And he looks believable. He looks like an athlete. Yeah. Like, like you couldn't put Keith Lee in there. He doesn't look like he, I mean, Keith Lee is an athlete, but I mean, he, he doesn't appear as an Keith athlete. Keith Lee, I think, would be good in other sorts of roles for his build and in the charisma that he has as a laid back charisma. I mean, you think like, uh, you know, like like a bouncer type or a, mm. uh, you know, a, a muscle Enforcer. that you don't want to fuck with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but for this role, not so much. Um, no. But yeah, that's, that's such a, that's such a key role. And if you want to maybe skip around a little bit, we just kind of talk about Hulk and, yeah, because I got a couple Hulks on here. And what his movies meant for pro wrestlers, you know. He pretty um, much he pretty much started wrestlers having a movie career, yeah. I think, that I can think of. I think, as, especially as a lead man, because, so No Holds Barred, I'm, now I know that came out in 89 because they had the match with Zeus. At SummerSlam '89, yeah, <laughs> which is such yeah. a weird thing when you think about it. Which I think that happened after the movie, right? So yeah, they so did they, that because of the movie, and he played Zeus. They filmed that. I can't in remember 80, the guy's real name, but uh, Debo. Tiny, Tiny Lister, Debo from Friday. Yeah, they filmed that in '88 because if WrestleMania four, the Macho Man won the heavyweight title, and Hulk wasn't wasn't touring as a champion. He'd come back. He was in for uh, like SummerSlam and team up with the Macho Man. They had the Mega Powers. But, you know, the WF champion was out on tour the entire time. So yeah. he got kind of out of those commitments. But Macho Man run with the belt. So that was his first kind of break away to go and film No Holds Barred, gotcha. which was a WF production. Vince and company actually produced that movie. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize. I thought maybe they just bought it later when. They- no, they they produced it. Now it might have been through ah, like so New Line Cinema or something like that. But they, yeah, they, way back then. They put the movie together for Hulk. Wow, I didn't realize. Didn't what was he? What was he? Shep? Or no, that was a. Shep. He's Rip. And, yeah, and Rip. And, Rip in there. He was Shep Ramsey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Suburban Commando. So no holds barred. Yeah, let's just run through do all the Hogan roles. I guess no holds barred was. They're gonna have him playing a pro wrestler, and Zeus was, you know, so I, think, I, I don't remember vaguely feuding with like the network. I guess the network guys wanted to get yeah, rid of. I, I don't remember Hulk's rip try to kill him, and then they had Zeus come in to <clears throat> maybe actually kill him in the ring. Yeah. So now I think about it, the thing I remember most about that movie is the like octagonal ring. Yeah. I remember it being feeling more like like a pit fighter sort of. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was weird. It had a different it. vibe than wrestling. Um, but so. Um, so the network, the the company's screwing over their top star. It's kind of like a grittier Ready to Rumble. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah, which I have a fun fact about Ready to Rumble. We'll That's that one, one I didn't put on the list because there's too many fucking wrestlers. <laughs> we'll in hit it. that one. Um, so Hulk and No Holds Barred, again, they weren't reaching far yet because he still played a wrestler. Yeah. But it was slash action hero because there would be fight scenes. It was a grittier. It was kind of like the if Rocky was a pro wrestler. And I wonder if that might have been part of the reason why it wasn't as successful because it, I don't know what it was rated off the top of my head. I'd guess PG-13. Oh, but it definitely was presented as a little grittier. I mean, again, you think late 80s WF, everything's Faster. big and colorful and the Hulkster is red and yellow and he's, you know, Americana at that point. Yeah. And now you got a little grittier role where you figure, I mean, me as a five-year-old kid, if I did watch it, I probably didn't like it too much. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah, it was, really it was intended for kids. Movie. Yeah. 
Santa with muscles, and he had a couple other like B movies or what have you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, formed the Hollywood Hulk Hogan character, which gave him a whole new life on his career. Yeah, which is kind of wild. It gave him a whole second round. So now you got to wonder, and we'll we'll cover a couple of these. Uh, you know everything in between the individual actors, but from '93 when Mr. Nanny basically is like Alan Hulk Hogan, you didn't see another big movie star until The Rock. Yeah. And you wonder if maybe Hulk Hogan and the lack of success might have scared off other well studios. I also think the the wrestling biz kind of died there for a minute too in that early night. That's a really good point. Yeah, 90, there were no real big stars. Ninety four until ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, when the Attitude Era, which hit, is when kind of a which dead is spot. when you got the Rock. The Rock built himself up. So to I it. think I think that was mostly because the, there was just no stars in wrestling right. really in general. Right. Um, I mean, there were, but they weren't household names. And when you think about how, with the exception of Hulk Hogan, who was obviously always a big star. Yeah, but those, he, he was still, like, wrestling wasn't, so he wasn't, right? Really. Right. But none of those guys had the time to really walk away from wrestling to film movies, because Austin and The Rock, and I mean, they, they needed to be there wrestling as hot as it was yeah. for them to become who they would be and be a name that somebody would want. Exactly. All these star- stars were being established then. It wasn't, Ric Flair was already a huge star, but you know, he wasn't in acting at that point. Yeah. Probably it wasn't for him. And he's, he's a wrestler through and through. Well, this is get a little off the subject, but have you, have you watched any of uh, that, that young rock? Oh, I liked it a lot. I like it a lot too. It's yeah. really good. And they, they like perfectly cast like everybody to play everyone. Oh, it's so show. much. If again, you talk fun. So just seeing like Iron Cheek, like Dude, hanging Iron out with Sheik the rock. Iron Cheek is spot or, on. Andre's spot right. on. Even the guy who plays Macho Man is good. He doesn't really look, look like, like him, he looks but, like Bradley Cooper playing Macho yeah, Man. Yeah, he does. He doesn't really look the part that well, but he. Uh, but he's got a good accent. He's got the and he plays he does, it. Yeah, he plays it up really well. But uh reason I brought that up is because um, you don't really see why. The Rock went from his football career into wrestling. They haven't mm-hmm. got to that point yet, and I'm always right. kind of wondered, like, did he only do it? Because, maybe The Rock only used only went into wrestling because he didn't, he couldn't have that football career, which is probably how so, it is. A lot. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys that happens to you know. Did did he kind of? I'm sure he didn't plan on doing it, becoming a movie star or whatever. But like, was wrestling just a springboard? Exactly, for Hollywood. Like, once he once he caught on to his popularity, did he just kind of like, all right, I guess I'm going to leave wrestling eventually? Well, as you mentioned before, that '70s show um, was before all of that, you know. Yeah. So before movies, and he was in a small role in that, but was got really good reviews for it. So you wonder if maybe something then kind of hit the acting bug. It's hard to say, and it's all speculation. So it's hard to say if he got into the business in 96 and went, I only want to do this for five years before I become a huge yeah. movie star. He, maybe he thought that. And he was only like, he was only, he was the like, what second wrestler to become a movie star as a top in star. Yeah. So, so he probably, I mean, it's there, not like he had only Hulk Hogan to like look yeah, at when we he don't, came to that. We also don't know the guy. So maybe that was his intention, but I say it's probably unlikely. It's probably, yeah, you know, I Hey money, so. I want to make money in the wrestling business. He had a love of the wrestling business because of his dad. So, but you know, still want to be a big star i would just i'd take an educated guess and say that 70s show gig that they tied it got to tie in wrestling with yeah. that episode and he's probably like you know what? Probably, probably maybe got out of an itch and maybe a or so or or some agents say Met hey you're really good at this and got some connections and then because he did the mummy returns where it was just at the very end of yeah, the scorpion yeah, king yeah. and then yeah. the scorpion king and launched scorpion it king, which well, is on the list before we get to the rock let's let's have some fun with some of these other ones you got because i like right. i like what we talked yeah, about with that one. a little bit man on the moon is a good one 
I mean, there might be other appearances of wrestlers in there that I can't remember right now. I know, um, oh no, that's a different movie. Uh, but I know Jerry Lawler plays himself in the movie, and it's kind of, this is kind of a weird one for the list because he's playing himself. But um, he played I himself imagine... to cat to do be part of the Andy Kaufman story. Yeah, which has a very cool story behind. I don't know if you watched. I it, but... no, no, I like I like the movie and I like the Andy Kaufman. I didn't remember Andy Kaufman as a kid. Like that, his story got told yeah, later I about him later, and I didn't think his like his comedy was terribly funny. But no, he was. But he was original, just, and he had a lot of shock value. And yeah, the shock value provided to the wrestling with the wrestling business with Jerry Lawler is yeah what we'll talk about. So that so I would say if you were to recast it again, which that movie was what ninety five ninety six or so, Jim Carrey yeah. did an excellent job as Andy Kaufman. He did. He was a dick on set though, from what I hear. So yeah, well, I've heard that too. Jerry so, Lawler hates him to this day, I guess. So it is a kind of a fun thing to do is to not only who would play Jerry Lawler and then the, Jerry Lawler would probably still play fucking Jerry Lawler. I mean, he could. He could. He's aged a lot. Yeah. Back then, he looked like his younger self. Yeah, he, sure. he did his old crown beard and everything. He for was it. married to the cat and everything too back then. So. Yeah, that kept it. But easy. now, now, and, I, and I've made a joke many times with you guys that I'm not going to make on here. But uh, Jerry Lawler definitely looks his age at this point. I don't think he could play himself again. No, but he, I'm sure he'd want to. So I, think, say, I think if his son was still alive, maybe rest in peace, he probably could have played. Oh, in the that would have been awesome. That'd have been excellent. But um, so Grandmaster Sexy, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're trying to think of somebody to be Lawler, but then also who could play a good Andy Kaufman again, which. Uh, you know, Jim Carrey did a really good job of. Um, so you're thinking Lawler. You know what's a shame is that the that Southern obnoxious heel. You know the yeah. Tennessee accent. Man, they're kind of gone. They're kind of gone by the wayside. MJF yeah. would definitely be a very could play a great you know cool. heel. Yeah, but he, but Lawler's character was actually the baby face on there. So yeah, that's true. Uh, but for still yet, yeah, MJF kind of came to mind immediately. Like I think you know, play up the character like on the David Letterman show where they yeah. did. Um, wow, no, this is a hard one, really. Um, I mean, because you're playing a specific person, you're not playing a character, so it's kind of. But I hard. bet you it would be a lot of fun for a wrestler that would be a. So that's what I'm trying to think. Like somebody Southern, that actually knows him, and- that knows him, and that was a fan would actually enjoy the the role of being Jerry Lawler. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of people really that look the part, not even that could play the part. That's MJF came to mind a little bit at first. He could a little bit, yeah. but he's not he's not even a WWF guy. You know what I mean? Like that no, would be kind no, of No, he's not, but you know, what you could you can hit all. But for the podcast sake, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's all hypothetical anyway. Um he's yeah, a good yeah. talker. I, I'm trying to think shit, MJF could play Kaufman. <laughs> MJF would probably be a good Kaufman. Yeah, he was. He's not as small, you know. Like you want, you want to be somebody kind of small and wimpy. No, to, you could have some movie magic going. That's true. Uh, that's true. Uh, this is yeah. This is a difficult one. That is a difficult one because it was well. One was Lawler playing himself, and then Kaufman being such an iconic character. And I think that's maybe something you can land on where sometimes you just get the right guys at the right time because Lawler was Lawler, but yeah. Carrie playing Kaufman, and you go. Maybe just leave that one alone. Yeah, yeah. Andy Kaufman has a story worth telling, but that that movie came out, you know, 10, 10 years yeah, after Kaufman. Now we'd be sitting at over thirty years since Andy Kaufman passed, and it's it's a different story. So yeah, I mean, how many how many times can you tell that story too? Like, I don't imagine they'll ever have a, another Andy Kaufman story movie out there. And I doubt they'd be able to do it better because again, I thought it was actually really yeah, good. it was pretty perfectly. 
perfectly done. Yeah. Uh, before we jump into the rock, I, I like what you got there for the longest yard. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, that one. All right, we're going with the longest yard. This is a, this is a longer one. Uh, we'll start off here with Goldberg as Battle, one of the inmates. Well, let, I just want to talk about the longest yard altogether. Okay. I liked it. I thought it was fun, oh, man. Yeah, great movie. I thought it was fun. Did people not like the longest yard? I don't know if it got terribly high like reviews on rotten tomatoes or imdb or anything but you know it was played to be just fun yeah it wasn't as like funny as a normal sandler movie yeah yeah it's definitely not the, the longest yard was it was a cover or a remake of the burt reynolds movie but casting all the wrestlers in those roles yeah i thought was really cool uh and they had ex-nfl players in those roles as well oh like, they, they had they had they had uh my boy uh joey diaz was the i can't remember his name on there but he was like the yeah, I think he was supposed to play an Italian dude or okay. whatever. But, I know they had uh like Bill Romanowski, uh, Michael Irvin from the Cowboys was one of was the receiver okay. for the prisoners. And Nelly was in that movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so they I think they had a lot of fun casting the extra oh. characters because uh well Rick Holly was in that movie. That's he was one right. he was one of the prisoners that was too. Before he was arrested. And, and he was, I didn't even put that together and he was and put it on a list. Terribly entertaining in that. You can't yeah. recast the great Kali. No, the great Kali is gonna be the great Kali. Um so, but I think they just, you know, let those guys have some fun with it. Like Steve Austin was one of the most unlikable guys in the movie. He was a he was an asshole. He was a racist, he was a racist asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh you know, Goldberg got to be Goldberg. He, I mean, I guess he could maybe cast like a Bobby Lashley or something like that if he wanted to, where you, yeah. you're the big muscle-headed inmate, go out there and smash guys. Yeah. Bob Sapp. Bob Sapp, maybe like Keith Lee or... Yeah. Uh, or uh, Big E. Big, big E could be good. Be yeah, because you get a little more charisma out of that yeah, role. And, and, his, and Bob Sapp's character in that movie, Swatowski, which I wrote down, I might yeah. as well say it. He was real emotional. Yeah. And like cried a lot. So I could see I, Big, Big E pulling, e that pulling into that. I think he'd be fun with that. The tough one's going to be Kevin Nash. Because Kevin Nash is fantastic in that movie see, where I, he gets have, the estrogen pills. I and have no problem casting Kevin Nash for movie roles. Kevin like, Nash I was is doing one movies of the, right now. Me and, Je- me and Jeff Hughes were two of the few people that were just like, Kevin Nash for Cable in Deadpool. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he was perfect. Why didn't you cast him? With the him? gray hair. And, yeah. and he was big. Instead, they chose a tiny little Josh Brolin, which he didn't do bad, but he's tiny. Cable's yeah. supposed to be huge. Josh Brolin's a good actor. But uh, I don't know if you can recast Kevin Nash. I'll, I'll tell I, you this. This is a good Kevin Nash movie story. So I was listening to uh, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, and Nash was on there. Okay. And as they sign off, you know, say, hey, Plug, what are you doing? So he plugged this movie called Dog that's coming up with, I think it's Channing Tatum. And he's, he's, like, he's like, it's one of the best scripts I've read. And like, I really enjoy it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's got some depth. And he's, like, he's putting it over, like, Dog. He's, and then he goes, yeah, and then there's a couple B movies coming out this year that I don't give a shit about. <laughs> that's exactly how he said That he's in. That he's in. So it's like Nash is Nash is cooler than being cool, man. Like no, I believe it. Um, he seems cool. I mean yeah. isn't he Big Daddy cool? And he's still <laughs> you know, if you've seen him on uh with, with Stone Cold's show, like he still looks great. He's yeah, up there yeah, in age, his, so it looks age, great. He's gotta be pushing sixty at this point. I mean, so if you if you wanted you know, he it has to be a big you know muscle headed muscular yeah. guy but the way that he played that role once he got the estrogen pills and everything like that yeah, like he was gotta be, he was so gotta good so can you think of a big guy with that sort of range that sort of comedic range to him uh, i'm having trouble i i can't 
Because most of the time when you're a big guy, Vince is just that he makes you like a big meathead guy. I mean, if you would think big on the AEW monster. side, you have like say Wardlow. Uh, I, I mean, I, Wardlow seems like a little bit of personality to him. Um, Jake Hager, I wouldn't want that. I mean, Jake I think, Hager might pull it off though. Uh, I think he could pull off the comedic side. He he'd be more believable to me comedically than than like a I, Wardlow. I think. You know, he could be good in the role of, you know, for the first half of the movie being um, this big badass and then tap into, you know, kind of making an ass out of himself. I think, could it, you know, could yeah. be a little entertaining. Uh, he's retired now, but boy, wouldn't JBL be awesome in that role? Dude, that's it. <laughs> JBL. JBL would have been the perfect I mean, there's no bigger prick than him. And Which then, is kind of the same era, so it's weird to say. But but then to tap into, again, just making an ass out of yourself that's in a comedy true. way. Yeah. I, I think JBL would be great. He's, yeah, no, he's, I, I don't think we're going to get better than JBL. No. casting for that. Steve Austin. And in 2021, let's not, let's hope we just don't cast steve austin i mean you're meant to you're meant to be i know he's meant to be a racist and it's meant to be a hateable character but yeah. i don't think we need the cheap heat the way that we do nowadays no. but i mean that's that's a common trope in it is in prison movies is the racist prison guard it is uh but also but that think, but yeah, that movie does get well. played for laughs though as well so it's you know i don't think <laughs> just for just for laughs then make since she's the female Steve Austin, make Becky Lynch the racist guard. And that would be hilarious. Just her little British accent, just fucking saying the most, or little terrible, accent, yeah, terrible the racist, racist things. <laughs> I'd laugh my ass. It'd be terrible. It's that dark, dark humor, you know? And she wouldn't be able to get a come up and send because eventually, if you're going to cancel for this, if you're going to do that, <laughs> you'd have to get your ass laid out and mean it. And again, with a, girl like even then they might so even they had a badass yeah, girl vulnerable. And a badass girl in the prison system that flattens her on the way for a touchdown now you're still kind of playing it for laughs and it's like no if you're a racist piece of shit like yeah, yeah, you yeah. really like you really need to get your come up and it's not becky's you know, too likable too De- becky's too likable nah. so i'm gonna say no, let's just yeah, let's, steve austin or, or no, if, some if actor that's good at playing if you're, there's a real movie either a drama or anything like that that you know even when you talk about like get out where it's makes you really think about racism and things like that yeah. that it still has a place but i don't know racism played for ultimately laughs which you know that was a well i think it was also a, like a come up at his thing too. well sure austin, steve austin's character definitely got his in the end of that movie like, yeah I think they fucked him up on the on the field or whatever yeah but yeah it was i think that was more just like a little side plot between like two characters or whatever, right? Because he picked on like Nelly, I think. He picked on Nelly a lot, yeah. So that was more Nelly's character arc is yeah. getting one up on that motherfucker. Um, I do see you got Predator, and this is a big one too because Jesse Ventura, I think, was one of the guys. Jesse Ventura is incredibly smart. He's out of his mind, but he's incredibly smart. Yeah, he was the one that's saying like, take these rules and get your Screen Actors Guild card to yeah, get yeah. your get the insurance or the SAG. He, he was also one of the biggest like uh, wrestlers union. Yeah, for the uh, wrestlers union. You know, which from his place, man, like he's coming from a good place. It's it's we've put our we've given up our bodies to do this, and you know, and Jesse, I think, was done wrestling in the early '80s. I think he had a back injury that kind of put him out. Yeah. Now him having such a big personality, he's able to transition into you know commentary and do that really well. Yeah, and he then and, he started doing movies, but and, became a governor, right? And that so, but he had the best intentions in mind, and saying you can't get insurance through the pro wrestling. Yeah. So if you get an acting gig, get it because that SAG card get you medical insurance and yeah. it's like this is a big deal so he was kind of he was very influential in 
trying to get more wrestlers involved in things. I believe that, for sure. Um, they definitely would have. Yeah, you're, you're going to kill me, but I've never... Jeff Hughes is definitely going to kill me, but I've never oh, seen Predator. Right. Predator's great. I know what that's it is. I know what it's about. How big of a role did Jesse have in that movie? Uh, he was one of the... the crew. Do you know the basic plot of the movie? The Predator is this alien that uh, cloaks himself, and he's got the cool dreadlocks. They're in the jungle. And they're in the jungle trying it, to... It's like a, it's like a... Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers. It's a platoon of dudes. Yeah, yeah like... Carl Weathers recruits all his old buddies or something okay. like the crew to go hunt down this alien in the jungle. Yeah. And uh, he's like one of the dudes. Okay. You know, How, like he has a special kind of guy. He's, he's the one wearing the cool hat and has the mustache. Like he's he's that, the certain guy in the crew. So you know I mean? so it is, so, I mean, it's not a buddy comedy, but it's, it's, a, it's a group it's like casting. A Arnold's the lead. It's action ensemble movie How, that yeah, slowly ensemble. turns into, spoiler alert, because they all start dying yeah. off. Turns into just... Arnold Schwarzenegger versus Predator. So how many guys are in the platoon though to start? So is he oh, one fuck, of? I can't remember. I want to say is he one of five like fifteen? Or, but no, okay, so no, one, it's, it's like, probably like five or six. So years. so you can feature guys pretty well in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they they all like a horror sci-fi horror movie. Everybody slowly dies over the course of the movie and shit. Yeah, but Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers obviously being the two main people. Well, gotcha. Chill, bro. I understand he didn't he didn't see the movie. <laughs> Getting, cool. a, getting a hard time from Walt too. Yeah, he loves that movie. Yeah, yeah. My, my thing about movies, man. If it happened before me, I, I'm going to be hard pressed to go back and watch. When I when I was younger, I was like kind of like fuck these old movies. I want to watch this new shit. But like uh, nowadays, I, I don't um, watch the new shit either. So in fairness, well, so. for me watching old shit, it's it's kind of like like especially way older stuff like 80s and uh, 70s stuff. Like it's like a time capsule. It's like looking back in time. No, that's cool. That's fun. Um, actually, I was listening to a podcast. Where, now we're getting way sidebar, but that's what we do here. Where they were talking about Clueless. Yeah, um, this is going to be a whole episode, by the way. Guys. <laughs> we're we're getting there. Yeah, uh, so we're talking about Clueless, and uh, it's a good uh, it's a good podcast called P.S. I Hate This Movie. It's a comedian and his wife. And I think they're both comedians. Where they review romantic comedies and talk about how just fucking dumb they are. Yeah. So they're reviewing Clueless. And they have what they call the Heigl meter for Kathleen Heigl. One Heigl meaning not that bad and 10 Heigls meaning awful, you know? Okay. So they get to the end of Clueless and the guy who comments, he does, he's like, if, he's like, I got two ratings for it. Like, if you didn't grow up in the mid 90s, you're going to give this thing like 2000 Heigls because it's going to be so over the top with 90s references. But so yeah. if you grew up in that era like I did, it's zero yeah. because it's, it's fun it's- to go back and see all the references. And because that, and that thing that came out in either 95 or 96, but yeah, it was like it's. The 90s. Every single, you know, I think they had like uh, Snackwell cookies and shit. Like, yeah. it's like, it's it was, everything yeah. that's popular in every era of culture where it's just crammed into this movie. And it is fun. Mm. It's a lot of fun. No, for sure. It's it's kind of like a perfect little time capsule of that of the nineties, mid nineties era, like what so, was going on, how people dressed, how everything exactly talked, looked. So for to bring it all back, when you talk about well, let's go back to like Predator, and it's like, you know, is the movie itself, you know, you, we like you like it, but you also just kind of like the feeling of what late eighties were, man. Yeah, like yeah, and that, it just brings you it brings you into you, it. You look at it through. It's easy to look at through a different like spectrum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's cool. You get the nostalgia, you get the feels. I mean, I think... They don't make shit like that anymore. No, well, and, like, for all of us now, I've always said, I think, like, Home Alone should be, like, our generation's Christmas movie. Yeah, no, I, Christmas I, Story isn't our generation's, man. It was on... No. 
TBS, it's still on TBS all day, every day. Yeah. But A, it kind of sucks. Like, like Home Alone <laughs> and Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Our two, our two Christmas movies of our generation. That's, I think, I think it's time that we segue them in. Miracle on 34th Street didn't mean shit to us growing up. That's just, no, that I was mean, an old they, movie. They made you know? a remake in the 90s. I remember that, yeah. That I did watch. So that kind of does. Or what's the other one? It, it's a Wonderful Life. That's the other one that's always on. Yeah. yeah. But that, I don't know if they remade that or not. I don't think they, they did, have. but that. It's like, but that's like my a, dad's Christmas. Exactly. Day. And now at this point, this what did we grow up? What as my kids, what is what is dad's Christmas movie? Well, it's Home Alone. Like because yeah. it's another one is Santa Claus with Tim Allen. The first one's pretty good. Yeah. After yeah. that. Second one's not bad either like because I I, uh, I liked the chick that played uh Mrs. Claus. I was like, she was on Lost. She oh. played Juliet on Lost. So I, I was loved her. All right, I'll, I'll so, I'm trying to think if there's any way we can link a pro wrestling thing to the Santa Claus and Tim Allen. Oh, fuck. There's probably a wrestler in there playing somebody. <laughs> just, just try to bring it back to the central theme. But no, it would just... It, Goldberg played Santa Claus in like a kid's movie. I thought he played Santa Claus in like a uh, horror movie. It might have been a horror movie. I think it is. It might have been Santa Slay. S L A Y. Yeah. Something like that. Boy, the shit you remember. Yeah. I've never seen it. Well, it popped up in all this. I don't want to watch Goldberg matches. I don't want to watch Goldberg movies either. No. no. So I'm not sure she didn't watch it, but I do remember hearing about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Santa Slays. That's ridiculous. So, all right. So, <laughs> but Jesse Ventura in Predator, who would you say? I. When I wrote this down, I thought Braun Strowman would be a good... Like, he's not really a good representation of Jesse Ventura, but I could just see him in that hat all pissed off with his beard. The, the You know what I mean? Yeah. Perhaps. I, I'd like to try to think, though, somebody with a little more personality, a little yeah. more humor... Uh, because I didn't, get, I didn't see it, but Jesse Ventura would, you know, would, was he's, cracking one-liners. And if he's playing he Jesse was, Ventura, he was a Navy SEAL. Yeah, he so was. He was basically playing his Navy SEAL. He Navy. was. So if you're trying to think of somebody with a little more character, maybe, and that could add a little more humor, um, hmm. yeah, it's a difficult one as well. Uh, it seems like WWE keeps cutting everybody. I try to think of who the top stars are. <laughs> that might be a whole other topic for a whole other day. So you said he dies, though? Yeah. So uh, Cody Rhodes. Get him in there. Get him in there. <laughs> yeah, Cody Rhodes. Get, get him in there early. I don't know if he's the first one to die. He might be. I, well, I if, I, if I was remaking the movie, he would be. Jeff could tell us. Jeff knows exactly who should yeah. be recast. As yeah. Jesper. If I'm remaking the movie, then I got Cody Rhodes in there, and he dies quickly and brutally. And I would go, I'd love this movie. This is great. Maybe um, maybe Jericho. He's charismatic. Uh, Jericho He's, he's a little too smaller, bad. but he's, he's a thick dude. Jesse Ventura wasn't exactly huge. No. It's meant to, well, I mean, he, had a, he was in great shape, but it's... But so if you look like a wrestler, if you look if you look like he's a you know you're a big guy, uh, and you want to be a wisecrack, just yeah. imagine fucking uh, Scott Steiner in there just playing that. I role. want Scott Steiner in all of these roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be amazing. The shit uh, talk he could do. <laughs> he would take over the movie script. It'd be all just Scott Steiner doing what Scott Steiner wants to do, yeah. and and all of us would just have to deal with that. He'd be he'd be reciting uh, Steiner the whole time. You know, I'm going to tell you, and I've watched a little bit of SmackDown lately. You know who actually has a little more range than I ever gave him credit for? Hmm. Baron Corbin. No. I, I would I, take Baron Corbin in this Jesse Ventura role. It's interesting, uh, it's interesting that you say that because I have I hated Baron Corbin. Like, I love, like, it was that love to hate sort of thing. Like, I know yeah. why I hated him. Yeah. Like, if I knew him in reality, he's probably a great dude. Yeah. But, like, uh, 
Uh, he's just just so annoying, always fuck, and they always pushed him in positions that I was just like, why is Baron Corbin here? Right you, now? you didn't want him, but yeah, but he was lately be there. with this with this pity me bullshit and that. He him, has like, been great. He's killing it. He has been great. He's, he's it. killed it. I I'm on board. Whatever whatever you're doing, dude, keep doing it. You know it stinks. So far, I haven't seen any roles on here that I would like to get, but I think Sami Zayn and the character that he's playing right now could definitely fit into a lot of. You know, like a shithead heel, like boss, you know, mm-hmm. like the guy that once I get to him, I want to kick his ass, but I got to go through so many levels to get there. Like, I think Sami Zayn would be great in that role. Like, the, like yeah, like the little, the little shithead con man or like little yeah. shithead gang leader. Yep. Like yeah. I think he would fit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. hoping to try to find him in one of these. Um, um, all right. Let, let's get, um, we, we've done quite a few. There's yeah. a few I don't want to pass over though so let's go ahead and get this one out of the way terry funk as morgan in roadhouse uh i'll say kevin owens because the way yeah because you say you're kind of you're a bar brawler you're kind of an asshole hey maybe he's not so bad no he's an asshole Uh, i think kevin owens is a bar brawler and again you could have your lead as swayze you know, because Terry Funk wasn't built like a jacked up dude anyway. He was, he's, a, you know, it wasn't small. No, he was just, and, but he was just so, like a country boy can beat, you know, cancer by beat your ass sort of deal. So now the other one I think would be obvious, it probably looks a little more like Terry Funk. You're talking country boy at the bar. You know, I'm thinking, Who? I think I'd be like a hangman page sort of role. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's actually, I don't know. I, obviously, uh, other than Jericho and Cody Rhodes, like IEW just ha- doesn't pop in my head right now. So probably because I don't watch it that much anymore. But I will start right. late. Like <laughs> it's coming up quick because people are about to start showing up. People are gonna start showing up. All out will be something that we'll probably want to cover. Yeah. So we'll, I'll try to pick yeah. it up with you when we get there. Um, but no, actually, right away, I, I really I see Kevin Owens in that role. I think no, that'd that's be... that's pretty damn good. I'm trying to think of somebody else that I could possibly throw in. It's hard to touch Terry Funk. Terry Funk's awesome. Maybe like like he's not really a country boy or whatever, but and, and he might be in reality. But uh, maybe maybe uh, Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode kind of looks a little, a little more, you know. Yeah, you got, you got he got be- the if, part. If he has beard out, I'd like it probably more like the longer hair. hair. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I, I don't think know. that I've would never be seen him with longer hair, but pretty good he just role for him. Looks the part, I think. Really. Yeah. No, um, that's not a bad one. And he's kind of a shithead heel guy. <laughs> arrogant uh, it, you know he, the only thing about him is he looks more like he's a better looking guy the guy at the bar that you want to fight because he's the good looking guy at the bar getting the girls yeah, whereas terry true. funk is the guy who would you know bust a pool cue over your head and and yeah how uh, yeah smack no, you around with your beer you need kind of a, a i mean he could still be a good looking dude but at least a grittier looking dude or which i think he could pull off yeah dude. yeah i don't i don't dislike that one at no all. kevin owens might be the fucking Jesus she's she's on one today. Yeah, it's got to be that time of the year when they get a little crazy because she's not like. Yeah, we might have to edit this fixed. one in post or not. Just keep it in and us flipping out they on it. Probably can't even hear it honestly. <laughs> or by the time I by the time I equalize everything out, it, it won't be, be so bad. Or they're hearing it loud and clear right now, and we're completely unaware of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think Kevin Owens might be the perfect casting for that, sir. I can't think of it, but maybe Sami Zayn if he took it a little more seriously. Because he's kind of a shithead. Okay, playing a shithead. And he's not exactly small either. No, and he you know, looks kind of dirty and gritty at the bar. I could see that too. Yeah. You uh, yeah. you want to touch on any of those individuals? You want to kind of move on to talking about our big stars where we got like Rock and Cena and where we're at now? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, we pretty much covered all all the 
the good ones. That's that's really not about. I mean, I got some fun facts and shit, but. What do, you, what do you mean by covering Rockets? Yeah. Well, we, we, we talk about Hogan was the first one to be the leading man, and it took a while for The Rock oh, to kind of get into that role. And now it's not, I mean, top. I think if you asked my son, who's 11, he's about to be 12, yeah. who's like the top five like actors that like, got there, I think The Rock will come up as one. Like, oh, I'm, I'm we one of the first sure ones. The Rock is the highest paid yeah. actor in the world. And we were talking about for every generation who knows who he is and knows what movie he's he's making. Everybody around the world knows who The Rock is. Yeah. I mean, it's mega, mega, mega stardom. And he's arguably the biggest star in the world, I think. Which is really impressive when you think when you think about your big stars. I mean, your movies now, your movie stars in general, your Tom Hanks's and your Tom Cruises and your you know the ones that we grew up on. Um, even like Denzel Washington, who's who's awesome. Yeah. You think about they're not guys that look like The Rock because if you're The Rock no. and you're six five and you're two hundred and fifty sixty pounds jacked up, like you're an action star. Actually, that's a really good point. Like there was for for a good time period from like the late 90s to like 2015 a lot of your action stars were scrawnier little dudes like tom cruise orlando bloom right Depp, right fucking and even stallone got like got back before canceled or anything or getting in trouble for saying stuff was a thing um or just voicing your opinion um got heat i guess for saying that like uh all the action stars look like little scrawny dudes anymore there's no big action stars like him or stallone or anybody right and then give it like what five years went by and the rock was starring right and everything and and that's you know a tom hanks sounds like they've ever been an action star but your tom cruises are but they look more like every man you know denzel washington definitely had some action roles but he also kind of looks like an every man so you're like yeah. he can play these roles in other roles you know and yeah, yeah. denzel can play anywhere from training day to you but know you could buy denzel as like a lawyer right right to, or, uh, or you can uh, play his other roles uh, where you wouldn't think the rock would be able to do it like when schwarzenegger did it they played it for laughs like kindergarten cop but it's so yeah, you know yeah. but you wouldn't think the rock would be able to do it because he looks like a jacked up pro wrestler, yeah. but he has. Yeah. And I think it's a testament to his talent and his range as an actor. Absolutely. I think he, uh, he has a genuine likability, which helps, yeah. you know, yeah, for sure. Unless he's playing a, a villain in his movies, which I can't think of any, I mean, maybe the fast and the furious movies as the cop, you're kind of portrayed no, as a villain. But... I mean, he, he was kind of in the first movie. He, yeah. He appeared in, in that, but, by the end of the movie, they were teaming up, and then he was part of their crew and the rest. Of okay, the yeah. Spoiler alert, like, uh, I actually just recently watched all those movies like a couple years ago. They're all the same, but they're not bad. They're pretty fun. They're, man. they're fun. <laughs> they're not great movies. They're not good movies at all. But they're fun movies. Yeah, they're enjoyable. Yeah, so it's it's interesting that he's been able to show that sort of range. He's still likable. He's almost always your protagonist. But... Judge Dredd or no Doom. Doom, he was the bad guy. Oh, he was the bad guy in the Doom? Rock was, I, I would have safely assumed. Like corrupt, like, evil or dude and Judge. Oh, uh, yeah? Doom. Doom, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I can't think of, I don't know of anything uh, else. The Rock good. says that Doom isn't very good. <laughs> no, Doom wasn't very good. Actually, but Judge, I don't know. I can't remember if he was in Judge Dredd or not. The Judge Dredd remake, of course. Yeah, yeah with yeah. Carl Urban. That was underrated. That movie's better than most people gave a fucking credit. I only, I didn't know Carl Urban was even in that. I just know him from The Boys. Which, yeah. yeah. Well, they were just recently talking about that they need to give Carl Urban another shot at Judge Dredd. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Like, I don't remember Judge Dredd really being that bad. <laughs> it just didn't do well. Well, The Rock, uh, but, yeah. we, we, we touched on it earlier. They broke him through with the Scorpion King. They basically made that role for him. 
They they wrote their own prequel to the Mummy franchise, which was very successful. And from what I remember, the Scorpion King was surprisingly a decent movie. Uh, I mean, the Mummies were pretty good movies too. But you had yeah. you had kind of Brendan Fraser two. as you know, yeah, I've seen the first two. You know, as more of a nerdy character, you know, kind of surviving. Yeah. Um. So they played off the Scorpion King differently as him being a more action star. But you know, the cinematics, everything was good. I mean, it was an enjoyable movie. Yeah. And yeah. that led him into the rundown. Which yeah. with Sean William Scott and uh, and Christopher Walken which was actually a, a really good, pretty movie. entertaining the movie. Action in that movie was fantastic. Yeah, like what perfectly done. Yeah, and so now Walking and that, Tall, shit like that. I, I know he was in the remake of Walking Tall, and I had heard it wasn't great, and I had never seen it. And now, Rundown definitely outshined Walking Tall. Okay, but you know, even then, this we're talking early two thousands, and The Rock just. Never stop, man. It, no, he, he did some of the kids' movies with the with the, with the fairy. Is that the Tooth Fairy or something like that, or yeah, something like the, the Tooth, the tooth Fairy. fairy. Um, yeah. And then yeah, like grit, that, yeah, the game plan, the game plan with his daughter. Yeah, like, they did Gridiron Gang where he was coaching the football yeah, team. Yeah, I don't think I saw that. But um, yeah, before doing good. just some of these more action roles. I know I like the Jumanji remake. I didn't see the Dude, those, second those one yet. No right being as good as they were. But I the, haven't seen the second one either, but that the, first one, I was just like, it was wow. It terribly entertaining. Man. Yeah, I had no, I did not expect to like it as much as I did. And, and you know, between him, Kevin Hart, Jack Black playing off of each other, it was all yeah. really well done. And uh, with, of course, be the kids. Carrie Mulligan being, or whatever her name is, looks well, pretty good. Oh, she didn't look bad at the all. The chick from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think I just called her the wrong name, but. Okay. Yeah, of course, with the kids' personalities being into these characters, and it's an interesting concept, yeah. and they did a great job of it. it was... And I, I like the dynamic between uh, the young girl and who was a Jonas brother in the game world, but turned out yes. to be Colin Hanks and the other. Like, yeah. I liked that whole story yeah. with them. Like, it was sweet and innocent. Yeah. Like, it was just nice. That was a really good movie, and The Rock was good in it. So, um, The Rock is The Rock. He's one of the top movie stars in the world now and i gotta tell you i well don't deserve i don't think cena's far behind <clears throat> no dude i just i just saw i won't give any spoilers but i watched the suicide squad yesterday hated the first one with jared leto and i heard that David was a pretty a big flaw it, yeah like it, it was just, just bad yeah just I wasn't know, a good will movie. smith was just will smith like they took a really cool dc character who wore a mask and that was what he was known for and took it off most of the movie and just showed you Will Smith. Like just that is Will always Smith, a bad yeah. choice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just didn't like it. It was bad. They turned and they ruined the Joker really. Didn't like Jared. I don't like Jared Leto really in general, but even ruining the Joker just made it worse. Well, but yeah, talk a little bit about the, the movie and one, the characters. This is all you. The new Suicide Squad I, was really good. Uh, new director, half the cast is different. I don't want to spoil anything because even the first, the opening scene, you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, don't give any major plot points away, but, but I mean, at least, and especially talk about Cena and his John role. John Cena yeah. kills it. This might be the best thing he's been in. And what what, what character is he? He plays the peacemaker. I okay. Peacekeeper, peacemaker. I think. Okay. Um, he's the funniest, probably one of the, if not the funniest dude in the movie, one of them. Him and Idris Elba bounce back off each other so well. I love like Idris he, Elba. He kills it. He kills it. And this movie's just full of jokes. Joke. Not every one of them land, but like you get three jokes, two out of three jokes land, and be it up that once that last one doesn't land, there there's three more to make up. But you know, you right. know what I mean? Right. Like the movie. It's the best, probably the best DC movie 
they've made yet aside. I will say though that the Snyder cut of Justice League was a thousand times better than the original cut. Okay. Like it's a genuinely enjoyable four hour long movie. That's a long movie. <laughs> it is a long movie, but it adds so much it it makes it so much better. Okay. Um but yeah, John that is probably the best role John Cena's ever played. My favorite. And I think Cena and maybe it might not be his actual first first role, but the first role that really got him noticed was I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's the one with Amy Schumer and Bill Hader. Where train wreck, okay. Yeah. Where he, yeah, he's plays one of her boyfriends and always has the gay innuendo. And again, yeah. you say you're like, you know, her, 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 I want to fuck you in the ass, but like the way that John Cena delivered it and everything, it was fucking great. Him and yeah. LeBron James stole that movie. They were both yeah. funny in that movie. John Cena uh, in that movie. I remember that. But yeah, always making the different gay innuendo as you know John Cena, this big <laughs> macho, you know, good looking dude. And you see like the comedic chops and and. In, it, it, knowing that John Cena and the WWE, it it is writers. I mean, I'm sure he gets to have some free range with it, yeah. but at the same time, it was still BPG hero to children. You and be as funny as you can within those parameters. Have yeah. at it, John. Yeah, yeah. And he would still be fair, you know, entertaining for what he did. So you take all those soldiers off, you get to see John Cena in an R-rated. Like, you're like dude, this guy is hilarious and. I think that's starting to shine through for him. For sure, because Su- the Suicide Squad was R-rated. The original one was PG-13. This one was rated R, mm-hmm. and it it was rated R. There was fucks all over it. You see tits. There's uh, there's sex. There's a sex scene. Harley Quinn has a sex scene. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's probably the worst spoiler I'll have for you right now. Well, uh, so as a rated R movie, now again, John Cena has just now returned you know, for this wrestling, for this program with Rogan Roman Reigns, but he's been really out of the WWE eye for quite a while. So you wonder if that's kind of given him like, I'm going to be in whatever movies I'm going to be. And I don't need to portray myself as squeaky clean John Cena. Like it becomes more John Cena, the actor. And as an actor, I mean, you're, you're allowed to, to, to be a heel sometimes, you know what I mean? You're playing a role and everybody's aware of that. Or just being in a movie with a sex scene. Like John Cena yeah. on top of WWE in 2007, 2008, it was like, I want to do this gritty comic book movie with lots of, you know, lots of fucks and yeah. sex scenes. And they'd be like, well, no, we can't send the kids to see you in this. Yeah. You know, so there'd be a conflict of interest there. And I th- if he doesn't have that, he gets those filters off. No, you're right. I and mean, he's I, been doing a lot of that lately, too. Because he was even in a movie called... Uh, I think they just called it Blockers. Cock Blockers, Cock where he played that the... That was hilarious. It was yeah. hilarious where he played the overprotective dad. And that was, that was like, what, Tina Fey and... What, what did she write Tina it? Tina Fey or Amy Poehler, one of them. Or maybe they were both in it. I thought remember. it was Leslie Mann. Might have been the mom character. Yeah. yeah. Was, I can't. Uh, Ike Barinholtz from uh, Mad I, TV. I felt like it was a movie that had a cast that was known for improvisation. Yeah. So I felt like he probably got to really stretch his wings in that role. Yeah. You know what I mean, it just... Let his personality. And they let the other guy play like the blowhard, and he was the cons- very yeah. conservative yeah, that dude dad. From the from, league. Yeah, he was he was uh and the Matt body. TV. Yeah, Matt TV, Ike Barinholtz. Ike Barinholtz. He was he's yeah. And he played that blowhard asshole really well. And it was that was a fun movie. So oh, yes, I forget all about that. Yeah, and then what's interesting was as you pitched this show idea, I think it was either that day or the day before, Josh sent a text saying, Watch the new Suicide movie, John Cena greater than The Rock. <laughs> like he, he killed it in that movie, dude. I'm telling. Like I, I, 
the only version of John Cena I really enjoy is actor John Cena. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really, I've never really liked his wrestling persona and stuff like well, that. Well, do you think? But man, he is killing it. Now, listen, I'm, that movie. me and my wrestling hat just has such an appreciation for John Cena. Like, I mean, the oh, long, the long, wrestling. the longevity that he had and all the big matches that were built around him has appreciation. But do you think him being in the Suicide Squad, having, an, an edge to his character or, or not even an edge but just like man he seems like he's a great actor he's a really fun dude do you think that helps with our demographic like hey when Cena's back on TV like fuck yeah John Cena I want to see oh, it yeah, yeah. yeah because I, I mean I I have I respect his his work ethic and his quality of work in the ring I, I just I always hated the rapper John Cena guy when he first came in. Sure. I just had a he put a bad taste I, in my mouth. I liked it, but I could understand but how one wouldn't. Yeah, him having that act, his acting career definitely, definitely upped his stock with me for sure. Yeah, like it, it, it gave me something to like about him. You know what I mean? So, so like, there you go. I, so I'm it not did. Like fuck John Cena all the time. It's more like okay, John Cena. And, and when and when you think about him and Goldberg coming back at basically the same time. I couldn't give a shit that Goldberg's back. It no, doesn't mean anything to me. I definitely care more about John Cena. I definitely back. care more about John Cena coming back. And I don't I, give two shits about. It. I never did. I was always a Stone Cold guy too. I never in that was era. either. And I, I never gave a shit about Goldberg. No, doesn't do anything for me at all. Whereas, yeah, John Cena, I think. I mean, I, I you go back and you appreciate his run. And man, for like, and I know like Evan like just couldn't stand John Cena and was happy when he would be gone. Has we've all lost a lot of interest since John Cena's been gone. We all have. Man. He does get ratings. You're interested in what, see what he's what's going to happen to him. Like when he, like he made Kevin Owens in those matches. You know what I mean? Like he had uh, made right. help make AJ Styles in their matches, I and it's like he, so you're bringing all of these guys that are like, oh, hey, our indie guys, we love these guys, and they're in there with John fucking Cena. You're like, is John Cena going to squash my guys or yeah. my guys actually going to beat John Cena? And more times than not, they actually beat John Cena. No, that that's a really good point. I never thought about the fact that John Cena is definitely a, a, not a, a great worker and not in the sense of his quality of matches, but like he is, he's giving. Yeah. He's willing to take one for the, for the team or for you. He's, he makes people care about, yeah. and that he cares about, the business and we and i won't get too far off because we, we've already been talking quite a bit and where we cover our movies but i that that's what makes a great worker to me and especially today when man everybody's so fucking good in the ring everybody yeah. can do so many crazy spots i'm more excited for roman reigns versus john cena than i have been for any other match because it's characters that make me care There's i want to see who heat. i want to see who wins and loses yeah 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 but and and the reason I want to see who wins and loses is because of the genuine heat between the two. There's a lot of Twitter beef between these two guys. And, I mean, one of my favorite things that John Cena has done in the last couple of years is when he called out Roman when he was just like, it's called a promo, kid. You're going to have to learn to do it. Yeah, I'm super, super excited about it. And I think that's a, that's a credit to John Cena. Before we get off John Cena, though, I have a fun fact about Hit it. me with a fun fact. You got John a whole page Cena played a gym rat in Ready to Rumble. That makes sense. And I don't know that off the top of my head, but John Cena was training out in UPW, which is based in L.A., it was Rick Bassman, okay. 
who also also trained Sting and the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Uh, you know, so muscle heads, the Venice year at the beach. And that's where Cena oh, yeah. was found because he was bodybuilding. He was a Venice. And, like and they found him and said, you might be good at wrestling. And he, he was a lifelong wrestling fan. So he was probably, yeah, he got cast but, as an extra. But the crazy part is, is that was... That was essentially a WCW movie. It was definitely they a WCW didn't make the movie, movie. But it was all WCW. Oh, it now. was all them. I don't know if they were they weren't a developmental like how OVW or FCW NXT is. They weren't exactly yeah. developmental, but I know that they definitely utilized Rick Bassman's promotion to get some prospects coming up. But he was still probably free to operate and say, Hey, yeah, I got some I got some muscle dudes that can be in the background of your movie, you know. And he was just eased by broke or something. I was like, Oh yeah, I'll be a <laughs> That is that is interesting. You got any other fun facts you want to want to go through? I do. One of the coolest ones that I found out is uh George the Animal Steel was in Tim Burton's Ed Wood along Johnny's depth. I only knew that he played a real person. He played the Swedish wrestler and actor Tor Johnson. Okay. I knew that because I used to get the WWF magazine. Okay. And they had pictures of George Animal Steel and it was in black and white. And no, I got it was either Raw or WWF magazine. Yeah, it was WWF magazine at that point. I've never seen Ed Wood. I, I mean I know who he is. He, I, I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's one of those making movies that, plan like, nine I from outer space. And, asleep or okay. and got distracted or something. But yeah. So that is he did a good job. Apparently Tim Burton was always a big fan of him. Oh, there you go. That's why I cast him in the movie. There you go. Um, Paul Heyman is in the movie version of the Broadway play Tony and Tina's Wedding. I have no Never idea. I've seen it, that. but I found that little bit of information. Heyman is, su- I mean, Heyman just being Heyman is such a good character. When you were talking about like you know, the shyster dad or something that's, you know, stands in the way of his daughter falling in love, like that could be Paul Heyman. <laughs> Absolutely. Paul Heyman could be Cher's dad and and Clueless. Paul Heyman could have been, um, what's his nuts? Lou Albano in the Stacey Lopper video. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Like the the dad. The dad just not having the shit. Yeah. Yeah. And and wearing a wife beater and his fucking tidy whities or something. Yeah. Um, Not to get off Paul Heyman, but you might have saw this because this was just a few years ago. But Paul Heyman officiated Rory Culkin's wedding, who's an actor and a brother from Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin, I guess, surprised him with him as his officiant for his wedding. I did not know that. Uh, yeah, they're, I guess they're both huge fans of wrestling. You know? Is that our alarm telling us we're going long? No, that's my alarm. That usually, that's my alarm I have go off every day in case I fall asleep and take a nap or something, just so I don't sleep all fucking day. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. Uh, it was Rory? Now there's Rory and there's Kieran Culkin. Which one was in Fargo as the brother who got killed? In season I think two, was, I think. Oh, the yeah. show. The show. It's probably Rory. Okay. I can't remember. He does. Have does you ever look saw, like him. Um, um. Fuck. What was it? I can't remember if this is him or not. He he's the younger one. He's got long hair. He's been yeah in yeah. So that was he was the one in Fargo. But uh yeah. He's a big fan. There's a few Culkin brothers. Yeah. There's Kieran and there's the like Macaulay. In, yeah. There was Macaulay. And then there's another one that was just younger than him. That was he was he was the cousin in Home Alone that peed the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then this one I think is an even younger one. Okay, Uh, one was in um, one was in Waco, the Waco movie, the series that was on Hulu. That was him. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's a good actor. I like him in a lot of stuff. That is interesting. Something I saw recently that I cannot remember. Um. Tyler Maine. Do you remember him? Uh, yeah, and he was. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. I 
I didn't remember him until I until I saw what he played. He played the original Sabretooth in X Men. Yeah. He was also Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie Halloween. Movies. I actually remember hearing that. Yeah. And he played Ajax in Troy. I've never seen Troy, and Josh gives me shit for it all Troy's the time. Troy's a genuinely good movie. That's I don't. I don't like Orlando Bloom. Uh, I don't mind. I don't like him in everything, but <laughs> I don't mind Orlando Bloom. Jeep Swenson. I know Jeep Swenson. Yeah, he was uh, always. He was only briefly in pro wrestling, but yeah, he's yeah. huge muscle. And yeah, he was. He played Bane in Batman and Robin. Yes, I did know that one. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. DDP was in Devil's Region. I remember that. He was. Know that, yeah, never, DDP was one of the uh, kind of the goons to go track him down. He was one of the sheriffs, like Muscle. Okay, RVD is in a movie called Black Mask Two, which I imagine is a very B horror movie. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, but he's that, in it. He, he's probably getting high and doing spin kicks. That's pretty. I saw him wearing makeup. To and do. Some weird shit on him, but yeah. And last but not least, this is definitely my favorite one. I never knew this, and I've saw this movie a bunch of times. It might be well-known knowledge, but it's new to me, and I find it fascinating. But The 40-Year-Old Virgin, you've seen Mm -hmm. that movie. You know when Steve Carell is on the speed dating. It's the speed dating scene, and he's just going through a bunch of... That's Mrs. DDP there, yeah. The chick whose titty pops out the bouncy is Kimberly Page. Kimberly Page, yeah. I never put that together, and I've seen that movie like... She didn't quite look the same as she did only a few years prior on TV, but she still looked good, obviously, and the whole whole point was her her tit to pop out while... (laughs) They were bouncing. She was perfect casting, for sure. Yes, yeah, I did know that, and that's, that's awesome. But that that is it. That is all of my fun facts. I wrote, started to write down another one. I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was me talking. It's when I remembered Terry Funk. I was oh, okay. Make it a beat. Terry Funk was in Roadhouse, but then when I remembered how big of a role no, it was, it was a big role. Yeah, I needed to add it. To gotcha. Well, we've covered an hour and a half. You didn't think we'd get a full episode yeah, out of this? I, I'm shocked that it was. Well, because I thought it was just going to be me talking the whole time, but you contributed a whole lot more. That's than what I, I. That's what I do, pal. That's so I what I do. I was just going to kind of roll through them, but all right, I guess we got enough content for two episodes. But since we're going so long, I'll just go ahead and wrap it. Unless there's something else you want to throw out. <laughs> we're good, man. We did our housekeeping at the beginning, and uh, we talked about Bobby Eaton, and now we got we got plenty more to talk about on the, on the flip side all right well with that said i'll do my best in an outro thanks for watching ohio wrestlecast number 24 don't forget to like share and subscribe again t-shirts and shares still available i even designed a new one not long ago and sent it to you but it says buy internet on the front of it and then the ohio wrestlecast logo on the back for jared and um yeah, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And until next time. Show your cats some love so they don't morale through the whole time. And, and other than that, till next time, tell them, Lenore. Bye, Internet. <laughs>